Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. Hi there, and welcome to episode 8 of This is the Cast, the Work Prince Mandalorian Season 2 podcast. I'm your hostess with the most is Christian, and with me today are two very special work printers who've been here for a good amount of time. Guys, you want to say hi? Hello. Spoilers! Spoiler <laughs> warning! Spoiler, yeah, spoiler warning. Uh, if you're in eight episodes now and d- aren't expecting spoiler, major spoilers, um, that's on you. Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, the this is the finale. Um, guys, what are your thoughts on this and the whole? I love this season more than the first season, I think. Just because of all of, like, the fan payoff. Uh, but... I'm curious what how they're gonna of course take it to the next season and like with the answering credit and all that stuff, but we'll get into that. No, I was really confused between episode seven and eight when there was that Disney's investor conference. Yeah. I was just like I was like, <laughs> What's Mando doing there telling us about this Ahsoka show and all these <laughs> other shows? I was like, These are spoilers But but you know, by the time we got to episode eight I was like, Okay, I'm all aboard. Um, yeah. They uh, Disney being day or Lucas is it Lucas Films? I, I don't know what it's, to call it's them now. Disney now because yeah. Lucas is done with it for the most part. Yeah, they've done a great job at showing that you don't need Jedi to make the Star Wars universe fun. Mm-hmm. Um, though Jedi are the extra uh, Jedi <laughs> Jedi Jedi are the the beach episode of animes. <laughs> that it's the fan service that everybody wants. So, Ahsoka, Grogu, Luke Skywalker, Spoiler, each episodes. Yeah. <laughs> just, just they're they're all just they're just you know anime girls in bikinis at the yes. beach trying to have fun. Yes. That's 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 what Star Wars has become. Golden Leia bikinis. Yes, <laughs> that's a really good. Um comparison there Bilal now I can't have that image out of my head <laughs> but, but like, like if you asked somebody that just watched Star Wars just the movies over the course of the last so X decades um, what a Mandalorian was I'm pretty sure 95% of the people um, that have seen those movies probably couldn't have told you that they would have been maybe Boba Fett or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like <laughs> that—that's what the answer would have been. But they—they taken that they—they—they they, they expanded on um, what's there uh, in that universe. I think Dave Filoni and John Favreau have earned the keys to the kingdom uh, of Star Wars. Like if it belonged to George Lucas in the beginning, I believe it's Filoni and Favreau's now. Well, um, let's not forget Kathleen Kennedy still technically has the keys. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Like, I, 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 I hear you on that, keys, but we yeah. can't not forget that she like, still technically is running the show. Yes. Yeah, yes, she is running the show. Maybe she has course corrected uh, after the sequel trilogy. But, like, when there is a vision and an idea to execute on like you can tell like maybe Mandalorian season one was just like telling an, 
a tail and then setting the pieces in place. But season two had vision of like where it wanted to go and what mm-hmm. it wanted to do and how it wanted to bring the other Star Wars pieces uh, back in. The sequel trilogy didn't. It should have been yeah. one creator. It should have been one story. Yeah. It shouldn't have, you know, there should have never been that drama with, um, you know, whatever your take with The Last Jedi is. I personally love it. But uh, whatever your take is, it, it shouldn't have thrown a wrench in anybody's plans at Disney of what to do with Star Wars in terms of that final movie. Um, you, you know, like, whatever Rian Johnson did should have been part of the plan, or at least the, the framework of that story was you know, part of that Disney plan of how you approach that final movie. Yeah. Uh, I know the loss of um, Carrie Fisher, you know, was, uh, you know, unexpected. But, like, man, it, it just goes to show you, like, uh, I, you know, I enjoyed those that final trilogy, but the more I watch The Mandalorian, the more, I, more I'm kind of just like, whatever, with those three films. I, I love those actors, I love those moments, but... It's just, it doesn't feel like it built up too much of anything in my eyes. Where the Mandalorian just seems to be expanding on what happens post-return, what happens with the the Empire, the characters, the different pieces that, you know, fans would have loved to explore over the years. Absolutely. Uh, For me, I've really, uh, when I watched Last Jedi, the biggest thing I wanted was to see Luke in full Grandmaster Jedi awesomeness. And they even poked fun of it towards the end, like, well, that's not what's going to happen, right? And, like, that was supposed to be, like, a big life-changing theme in that movie, like, you know, that's not always the big samurai showdown, whatever. Um, and I guess that, like, as again, as a film, a separate film, that was okay with that, but as a Star Wars fan, I just I just really wanted to see Luke as Luke, um, especially because it's been so long, and we finally got to see it in this episode of The Mandalorian, and I absolutely loved every second of it. Everyone I've asked has said that they they loved it they cried over it uh, it's 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 giving yes it's fan service but it's like something that we've all kind of wanted for really really just a long time same thing with boba fett um but yeah. this this was on a whole other scale he apparently this was also mark hamill robot. yeah but it's a, robot. It's, it's a robot too and he and that's not even the worst he force crushed a robot at the yeah. end which is a million times worse but um uh yeah like i i i just loved everything about it like it just props to everyone behind the development team okay T- take Luke Skywalker out of, the, out of the picture, like, and let, let's concentrate on the Empire right here. Those dark troopers, uh, I, th- I think that's what they called them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're dark. Yeah. Like the V three robots, there's no longer a human. In the Iron Man is what really I thought they were pretty much being, but yeah. Those things were scary. <laughs> like, like uh, you know, there's the Empire threat, and you always see in Rebels or Clone Wars or something. You just see the stormtroopers or a variation. Like it's a shock trooper. It's this or that. But they, their aim sucks. You know, there's like, mm-hmm. you know, they are the red shirts of the Star Wars universe, no matter how you, you put it. Yeah. Uh, but those things were just like, okay, I, I get it. Like, I get like, um, I get exactly why this is a problem. Uh, why the Empire had such far reach, even now, post-collapse. Uh, you know, you know, they are still a threat it, given who you're going after. And like, it's pieces like that that I really enjoy um, in terms of the world building. Yeah. I, I did love the Dark Troopers too because they're, they're a callback to the video games. Apparently they're featured in like Battlefront 2 mm-hmm. and like a whole bunch of the, the game series in different iterations, the, the robots being the final version of the Dark Troopers. I, I did laugh when, I, when um, Mando opens the airlock 
in their in the dark trooper bay, mm-hmm. and they all go flying out. And I was like, well, that probably costed them trillions of dollars. Why would they design it that way? <laughs> and then when they reappear at the end, just like with their jetpacks on back on the ship, I was like, okay. Oh makes more sense. <laughs> See, it's funny that you say that because immediately when they flew out, I'm like, well, that's oddly convenient, but red, immediately the red flag showed up where it's like, wait, I've seen the prequel trilogies. I've seen that droids can go around and fix ships and stuff. They probably have jetpacks, and like, surely enough, yeah. they came back moments later. Um, Nicole, what were your thoughts, though? Um, it, it was really nice to, even from like the episode seven, to have a lot more kind of like to see the perspective of like the um, the Empire's troops because their perspective is very different from the Rebels' perspective, right? And to ha- have the Mandalorian actually give them more context and to kind of show that, you know, they view how that one soldier was taunting Cara Dune at the beginning of the episode when he was like, oh, your planet was exterminated like the terrorists that you guys are and that's fine. Um, that, you know, I feel like we don't see that as much and even... Um, like I was watching a video where someone pointed out that most of like the Imperial officers tend to be British dudes, right? Yeah. And then it, and then in episode seven, wait, was that episode seven? Um, I think that was episode seven, where we met, um, shoot, Bilber's um, ex-boss, where he was actually kind of played with like a Southern accent. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was like a really interesting twist. And I feel like even one of that, uh, one of the other officers from the season early on, um, the guy who played the evil character in Lost, that's the only way that I remember him. Um, <laughs> he was also played with an American accent. So I was like, that's kind of interesting. Like it brings even a lot more color into the characters from the Empire. And um, the whole like, like, I keep wondering too, like, what are they really using um, Grogu's blood for? Is it, will it be the clones for um, for Snoke? I don't know, but it was fine. I, I think highly, 100% implied, yeah, yeah, definitely Snoke clones. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah. I'm just sad it's done. Like, we have to wait a year. <laughs> I mean, the, there's still a lot, like, all right, so there's there, a lot happens in this episode to yeah. unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Troopers, that was definitely a big one. Um, Luke, which we kind of started on, which yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I screamed. Sense. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, well, uh, what, what were your... So, like, the Luke scene... Should, should we do Luke scene or should we do something else first? I'll just do Luke scene since okay. we're talking about it. Um, all right, so the Luke scene is shot very particularly. It's very yes. directional style. They do yes. they, they build it up, which is great, because you get the slow X-Wing flying in. It's like, oh, there's one. What can one X-Wing simply do? And immediately the, the thing clicked in my head. It's like, that's... That's just that's no just regular X-wing, and uh, and like yeah like we see the slow disembarkment, the figure in the robe, the uh, the slow badass you know Jedi swinging, and it's like it's probably Luke. There's a small chance it's not Luke, but it's probably. And then you realize the saber's green. green. You see more yeah. kick-ass badassery, and then it top they top it all off with the uh, you see the hilt at the end. And it's like that's definitely oh, Luke, and then yeah. he shows it's Luke. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the music is great. Everything just kind of builds up. What were your guys' uh, like experience seeing Luke on the screen for the first time? Because I literally like screamed out loud. I was like, holy, this is what I wanted from the new movies and stuff from Last Jedi. But anyway, yeah, what, what were your impressions? So I didn't think it would be Luke. I named every other Jedi that could possibly be <laughs> alive. I even I even screamed Obi Wan, forgetting where we were in the timeline. Um, 
this is, so to be honest, it wasn't until I saw the glove, and, and then I turned to my wife, and I was like, what hand did Luke get cut off? Was it his left or his right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I think there's there like a scene where you actually see the black glove, and I was like, I was like, okay, it's Luke. Uh, but it, it was just so much fun to see, and because you, you know, like, the Jedi fights in the original trilogy are fine. <laughs> they're, mm-hmm. it's, it's fencing. They're not, and, and yeah, like, they're not fancy. They're, let's put they're it not that the, way. They're not like what people growing up with the prequels, you know, like the it's acrobatics, yeah. the yeah. choreograph sequences. So it's just, I think this might be one of the first times where we see a young Luke just tear it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was a lot of fun. And the, even his footwork is no longer fencing. He's a lot more confident. He's using oh, yeah. the, a lot of the older Jedi style. So he's, he's obviously trained a bit in the five years mm-hmm. since we've seen him. But yeah. You know, what did it, you guys think of the age regression? It's it, it, <laughs> same issue I have with Rogue One. Yeah. Like I get why they did it, uh, and it was it was really interesting because my wife uh, t- told me after the episode she was like, uh, you know, people were actually. I think she was on Twitter. She didn't spoil it for herself, but uh, she was like, you know, people are saying they should have gotten Sebastian Stan yeah, to play no, Luke Skywalker. Yes, and I, I, was like, I, was, I was like, I was like, why? I was like, Mark Hamill is still alive. Like, do what you need to, but like, it, maybe going forward, like, if you're going to do that, announce it. Like, make it a thing that happens beforehand. Like, I, Oh, no, know, but I, Disney's I, been super quiet about everything regarding yeah. this, which I think it works, because honestly, I, this genuinely yeah. surprised me, which is cool. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't say spoil this, but if you're going to be like, we're going to like, do a Luke Skywalker series like after Return, before Force Awakens, like follow <laughs> you know, like an Obi Wan type oh situation. Oh my god, I would but, love that. But like maybe be like, but you know, Mark Hamill is old, but you know he has passed the torch to Sebastian's dad. You know, did, did you see his like Twitter that. comment when this episode, like a couple oh, yeah. hours after this episode <laughs> debut? Yeah, so uh, I believe the quote was, "So guys, uh, anything cool on TV?" <laughs> yeah, seen anything good on TV lately? <laughs> <laughs> so, so question. Was it? It was. It was Mark Hamill. Yeah. Yeah, they credited him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. yeah, they credited him. But did he actually do the physical? Probably thing, or did not. Did he just do the voice? He, he definitely had to have done the voice, and they maybe yeah. youth, youth. I was gonna say euthanized it. I'm like, that's not the right word, Christian. <laughs> um, they they made him sound younger. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. What's the original topic we're talking about? Was it just Luke Skywalker? Uh, uh, your impressions of seeing Luke on screen for the first yeah, time? Because yeah. ev- literally, this is the thing everyone on the internet's talking about. Well, trying to not talk about, but talk about because people are trying to be respectful for spoilers. But yeah, I, you know what? I have to. I the one thing that got spoiled for me was the app, like the spinoff. The spinoff got spoiled for me, and I wasn't even. I didn't even care about that because I was like, good. Um, but I'm <laughs> actually more shocked at how well people kept the lid. On and by people I mean media outlets kept the lid on uh, <laughs> on Luke, on Luke. Uh, because uh, I expected to be spoiled out the gate, but a lot of people were just very very respectful and like how they didn't even mention like a Jedi <laughs> popping up. Um, Dude, I feel like Disney's super strict with their like their information because part like, of me yeah, a part of me wonders if they're like on Monday we will see interviews with Mark Hamill. Or somebody Probably. about that guest appearance. I wonder if it was like uh, a timing thing uh, with some big er- bigger outlets. Did you know that Mark is? He's got to be ecstatic about this because I'm assuming this is what he's wanted for so long. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, not like, even just him. Everyone. Like since everybody. the end of Return <laughs> yes. of the Jedi, yeah. we've yeah. wanted to just pick up the story from where it left off and see what happens to our friends and these people that we followed. And we literally are starting to see a bit of that with Luke here, which is just beautiful. Yeah. So. 
I, I, you know, I, given the technology we have today, it was a good job. I would love to see, like, you know, if they're going to go that facial reconstruction route in the future. I, you know, I hope that technology gets better. Uh, but there is also that worry of, like, you know, if an actor does pass, respecting, um, respecting, Boseman, yeah. yeah, respecting the actor. Sometimes I think it might just be better to pass the torch at some point, but who knows at this point. Uh, but, you know, great job. I, I hope they don't dive too back into the Luke thing unless they're going to concentrate on Luke. Um, I want to reveal that baby. I want a revelation that baby Yoda is actually um, Yoda's actual kid. <laughs> I, I mean, we only know of two of Yoda's species. Yaddle. High possibility, yeah, yeah, high possibility in my eyes. But yeah. they weren't supposed to have relations, right? Because old school Jedi is not supposed to have attachments. So I don't know, unless it was like a clone baby that, that or is something else. We don't know. Possibly. I, 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 th- I talked about it a little bit before in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yaddle was on Coruscant at the different point in time. Yoda was on Coruscant at a different point in time. And coincidentally, Grogu, the only other species, was also on Coruscant at a different point in time. They're a family in my headcanon as far as I'm concerned. L- l- listen, he's 50 years old. That's a <laughs> lot of time. I mean, yeah. And Yoda and Yaddle were probably super ancient too. So exactly. like, they've had a lot of time to just... You know, have a kid you, and, you know, leave, and dump him off in the Jedi Temple. <laughs> maybe Yaddle got pregnant and they were like, oh man, having a kid as Jedi's is like a problem. So they, you know, they raised the new amendment be like, Jedi can't love. And that came after that. <laughs> That'd be so funny if that's actually the origin story. We'll find out in Obi-Wan, the series. No, don't take it as canon, people, please. Uh, <laughs> okay, but, but um, Luke. So Luke takes Grogu. Mm-hmm. I want, like, in my mind, what immediately followed was, like, Knights of the Ren uh, auditions. <laughs> and you see a little Grogu waddle up to, like, a table. You see Kylo sitting there uh, with, like, some of the already selected Knights of Ren in their armor. And Grogu has, like, this small, like, badass-looking armor. And they're like, you walk too slow for us, buddy. <laughs> and they're like, maybe next time. And he just walks away all sad. <laughs> Can you just imagine him with like, the helmet and like a badass looking weapon? Like a tiny mace. <laughs> it's like a meat tenderizer in his hand. My, um, my thoughts right after Luke takes him was that, oh god, I hope Kylo doesn't kill him. Like, <laughs> that's so sad. Oh my and god. That happens. Because, I mean, theoretically, like, I guess it's possible that Grogu is in, like, the new Jedi Academy, right? And mm-hmm. we don't, but we don't really have much information on um, what happened in the students exactly, apart from a little bit of the comics. I think it was, what, The Rise of Kylo Ren, I think, was a comic book series for that. Um, but do you guys think that Grogu will be back for Mandalorian Season 3? I think you'll see him... Cameo. Mm-hmm. Mm. Further out. It depends on the time jump in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I, th- I just think cameo, because at this point, it's very obvious that Mandalorians become fan service, the Star Wars TV show. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but, like, I think what season two did, you know, we got a bit of Grogu early on, um, and, you know, we got some answers about his origins and whatnot. Uh, and there's still a lot of questions around him, mm-hmm. but I think we'll learn more about him, but I think as the season went on, he was more phased out. Uh, and more in the background, and I think it, that helped, in my eyes, solidify Mandalorian, like, in terms of season three, like, we don't need Grogu for the show to be entertaining, for the show to be good. Um, mm. There's a great cast of characters, 
uh, a great a world. A lot of I, different Mandalorians. That was really yes. clever. Yeah. I didn't put it, yeah. it mm-hmm. together until the Avengers episode, which is epi- this episode, episode eight, um, <laughs> where they all assemble. And it's like, hey, wait a second. You're all different types of Mandalorians in armor. I, I don't know why I never, it never clicked until now. I, I always get that Rick and Morty flashback of like uh, from this latest season where they're putting together a heist crew, uh, and so it just uh, I, it's I was like I was like I love it when they, a crew comes together. It's just it's just a satisfying feeling of like rounding up everybody uh, that you met before, and it's just like yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I know I know the meme retire, the one where it's like uh, uh, oh they, ha- they have the, they have the kid. Damn it. Okay, I'm in or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to switch gears a bit here to Bo-Katan and hypocrisy. Mm. Yeah, I was yeah. actually gonna. That's what I was gonna pivot to next is the other sect of Mandalorians because it seems like that's the direction that the series is now going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's talk about Bo-Katan. Let's talk about Mando and the the accidental light uh, dark inheritance, which is amazing to me. Um, yeah, uh, let's let's go. Uh, yeah. what, what's right. up? The dark kind of acts like an elder wand. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay, but does does it act like Elder One or is it just because what I got from Fat or was it no? It's uh, Moff Gideon. It's more of a, it's the story behind. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, symbolism. Yeah, it's, it's a symbolism. So, but like, nobody needs to know. Exactly. <laughs> they know. They know. <laughs> and also, Moth knows now. So, like that. That's a huge plot hole because that guy knows how to manipulate info. Yeah. Really oh, well, that's as we learned. Yeah. That dude's going to escape in episode two. (laughs) And then he's going to start a crystal meth empire. No. (laughs) That joke's never going to get old for me. Uh, Oh, I just got that. Wow, I'm slow. (laughs) It's the thing he's known for most, guys. Um, But, uh, yeah, no. uh, So, yeah, uh, Bo-Katan and uh, her secret wanting... It's funny, too, because I I just rewatched the episode before we started this, and there are hints immediately... That she, not only does she want the saber, but she kept emphasizing before they start this heist, or not this heist, but this rescue, um, like, I, I'm the one to take him down. I have to defeat him and stuff like that. I didn't actually catch the nuances until now, where it's like, oh, she she literally said he's mine, and it wasn't like, uh, haha, he's mine for, you know, revenge reasons. She had this intention the entire time, which mm-hmm. is, I think, great writing. Mm-hmm. So there's way more at stake for her than just defeating some dude, right? It's like to be able to then rightfully reclaim her th- her position. Um, well, yeah, like you know. the the dark saber to reclaim the dark saber in particular, but with the dark saber, I guess that's enough of like a a legend slash story whatever mm-hmm. to claim the kingship of Ma- of the oh the, the role of Mandalore and therefore you know ruler of all Mandalore and the Mandalorians. Um, so it's really cool because for me, I, I liked it because it's the accidental emperor, which is a great uh-huh. uh, like narrative, you know, type of device. So, you know, uh, Mando and it's, it's brilliant because the, the show has always been called The Mandalorian. We were thinking, oh, OK, it's a story about a random one off Mandalorian. And now it's starting to mold into no, we're talking about the new Mandalore, which is fucking cool. Um, yeah. 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 I, like, I'm really excited because it seems like season three is headed straight to Mandalore um, and, reco- you know, um, recovering it back from what I'm guessing is the last remnants of the empire, mm-hmm. um, so like that—that's really neat in my eyes. But on the other hand, didn't the empire, you know, raid Mandalore for all the Beskar, and what did they use the Beskar for? Because clearly, 
The Dark Troopers are not made out of Beskar. <laughs> They're not made out of Beskar. Mm-hmm. I've never seen any yeah. troops made out of Beskar. I don't know if ships are made out of Beskar. Like, what did they use the Beskar for? Ah, uh, good question. I, I actually don't have an answer for either either. <laughs> And it's funny too because it never occurred to me that the Beskar is basically just this version of uh, uh, anti lightsaber. <laughs> no, no. Um, what's it in Avengers and and Marvel? Um, the oh, vib- oh, vibranium. vibranium. It's yeah. their version of vibranium. I don't know why I didn't put two and two together. Everything Marvel is spilling into Disney. It's yeah, yes, <laughs> seriously, yes. Which is Carla Johansson shows up and she's like, where am I? I'm not going to lie. I think five to ten years down the line, you're going to see Groot and Baby Yoda as friends adventuring across the galaxy yeah. together. Uh, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy special. doing a shared holiday special with uh, Star Wars. Oh my God, that would be so That would cool. be amazing. And like my favorite personally will be the uh, Thor and Luke adventures, but we'll see when we hit that. <laughs> Do you guys think that Bo-Katan is going to compromise on her views of the Darksaber and um, and sort of like because you know she she points out early on that um, uh, the Mandal- the Mandalorian sort of views on like his helmet and all that is really just one it's like the Watch's perspective right Do you think that she would be willing to compromise her own sort of feelings about taking control and sort of ruling again because it seems hypocritical that he's offering it to her but she's like no I can't take it because this goes against what I believe when the what she believes isn't necessarily you know the only way right yeah and uh, so what's interesting is like and I think it's in Rebel Sabine actually gave her yes, the dark saber exactly, yeah. um, so you know there's a bit of hypocrisy there I also found a bit of hypocrisy with Boba Fett where you know she's you know because when she first meets Mando, she's just like, you know, there's different ways of being a Mandalorian. There's yeah. not just the one way. Um, and, you know, and she mentions the Civil War, like there's two, there's two factions. Yeah. Uh, and Mando apparently comes from one. And the she's religious on the extremes. Side. Yeah, extremes, the religious extremes. Yeah. So in my eyes, you know, I, I, I kind of was a bit upset, like how she handled Boba. Like, I guess he, he is an outsider. He, you know, he is a clone for sure. And uh, the atrocities of him and the Empire. I think that's one thing. But just like saying he hasn't earned his armor, I, I, I think that's kind of a, a bit of BS right there. Well, but, um, sorry, go ahead. But like what I see season three being is you're going to have two, the, the two sides, the two um, factions, or maybe there's more uh, of, you know, from that split off from Mandalore, come together to try to take the season, the planet back. But what's the ruling faction who takes over? I think we start with the siege and we end up with the civil war by the end of season three that'd be cool i'd like that personally although that's like like probably although isn't that kind of sad because like they've already been through civil war like it's like how can they finally figure out um like a different way to actually you know reestablish a planet i agree that's sad nicole but at the same time um they're Mandalorians. I feel like <laughs> they're kind of, you know, this version. They're, they're the Spartans yeah. of this universe. Yeah. Like, war is in their blood. They're kind of the best at it, so it makes yeah. sense to me. And this, the series ends with, uh, um, you know, Mando taking off his helmet at the bridge outside of Hogwarts, snapping the dark saber and throwing <laughs> it into the water. Uh, he grows up to be an aura uh, and a uh, bounty hunter for all Jedi <laughs> across the galaxy. <laughs> It's, it's, so, like, uh, let me ask you guys a question. The thing, 
that makes me a little conflicted about what we've seen so far is like we know Boba and we know Luke very well because like everyone else we've that's they're two of the OGs like the original generation of Star Wars that we grew up with but like it bothers me on screen when they don't get the recognition sometimes and I'm just like wait how do you not know Boba Fett because he's like the son uh, of yeah. Django and like yeah. all these clone troopers and were based like off of him that should be in bounty hunter. yeah, yeah like cool. his legacy should be like known from through across the galaxy and like this kind of upset me in this episode too like I was happy to see Luke but the, my first reaction was was like you guys don't know Luke Skywalker <laughs> The guy who blew up the Death Star yeah. and killed the Emperor. It's like, he's kind of a big deal. <laughs> so that's something that's always bothered me with Star Wars. Like when you go from the prequel trilogy to the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's just like, the Jedi were these ancient myths. And dude, 20 years ago, there used to be Jedi just like running around <laughs> until they were all slaughtered. Um, but like, you're telling me people just forgot oh, about yeah. Jedi overnight or like they weren't... Like... A generation hasn't even passed. It, a generation has grown up to mm-hmm. adults, but like the older people should still know about Jedi, <laughs> unless it wasn't as common in some some of those outer rim planets. That's the only thing I can think of. I guess, but these aren't even like just specifically outer rim people, right? Like I don't, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, it it bothers me because it's like these are literally old Empire and rebel soldiers, so it's mm-hmm. like. They they should know these people. Like Boba's a big deal, and so is Luke is a biggest deal. And it's like, how do you not know him? I don't know. Like I I, I shouldn't be picking that, but I am because it's like it's Luke. Oh, but I wonder, like, if you talk to a kid today about like nine eleven, they'll be like, "What's that?" Or like, "Oh yeah, that was a bad thing, right?" Maybe it's it's not that long ago. It's like what nineteen years. So, huh. yeah, some maybe, of these maybe, people. Are... Maybe maybe I am wrong here. Well, it's even crazier now that you talk to some people and they were born after 9-11. You're like, fuck, I'm old. (laughs) It's like, yeah. You never grew up with Jedi, then why would you know? Or you kind of just... Oh, Clone Wars. Uh, From what I understand from other sources, a lot of people know about what's happening uh, now because of Clone Wars and and Rebels. And that's Uh that's the Star Wars that they grew up with uh, for... You know, me, like, it was very much the the, the new, the second batch of trilogies, not the, the newest one, but yeah. Uh, and then um, and then before us was, of course, like, the original OG. But, um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Uh, I think it just varies. I do think Filoni's done a great job, though, inheriting a lot of the lore and yeah, not absolutely. screwing it up. Absolutely. I want to interview that man. He'd be great. And he seems like a down-to-earth fellow, but hard to reach out to. Yeah. Also no, obsessed definitely. with cowboy hats. That was weird. <laughs> Wait, what's that all about? Oh, I'm dead serious. Like, look it up. Like, uh, apparently he's that's he, he, like he yeah. Everybody has right? like a signature thing. He yeah. has his cowboy hats. He he just loves oh, I, cowboy I, hats. It's kind of okay. like Robert Rodriguez. Does okay, Rodriguez wear cowboy hats all the time no, too? But the thing is, is I understand Rodriguez because like I like you know huge Rodriguez fan. His history, you know, growing up in uh, Mexico and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, New Mexico as well, and that whole Texas border, like it made sense there. W- why does Filoni do it? I have no idea. <laughs> you, you know what? Filoni's earned it. You know, there's not many cowboys nowadays, but Filoni's not even an actual cowboy, but he's earned a cowboy hat in my eyes. He, he's revived, he single-handedly revived Star Wars yeah. from a very dark sp- uh-huh. place. Yeah. Uh, because, like, here's the thing. No matter who you ask about Man- like Mandalorian, I think you'll get, like, 90% of the folks enjoy it. And that's a high percentage. You'll have some complaints about structure, the plot, 
you know how it's a bit simple um dude i all all, all those complaints i've seen thrown out the window because of this episode like yeah, even for yeah. me i was kind of skeptical like where is this going i just shut up and i'm like no no this was i take it back this was a brilliant place to go but it, <laughs> so it, but you know but it feels like star wars you talk about the the sequel trilogy and you like i don't want to talk about the sequel trilogy with people for me it's like you know i enjoyed those movies for what they were I, do i wish they were better yes but uh you know i'm not gonna sit there and argue with people about it but it's just like feloni with clone like i've seen multiple people call clone wars the patch for the prequel trilogy to make the prequel trilogy better you know I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like that makes uh, sense, yep. yeah and then like there was rebels and like you, you know he I, I think he was one of the first people to do something post um you know post return that actually fits in the canon now mm-hmm. and you know like he's nailing it no, like and he's doing it in a manner that's not just for adults it's also for kids and he does t- touch upon topics that uh, you know affect a wide range of like folks you know like yes clone wars is a kid show but it is also it hits some dark arcs mm-hmm. and like you know there's something for everybody so taking something like star wars and hit, hitting that consistently I mean, maybe he had a miss or two somewhere along the way, but, like, nobody's talking about those. But everybody's talking about the amazing work he's done, and it's just, he's earned that cowboy hat. (laughs) (laughs) He's earned it. (laughs) Totally agree with you 100%. And, like, I I love that that a lot of it started with Avatar The Last Airbender and, like, his work there and then kind of growing. He came from Avatar? Yeah, that's that's actually how he, like, broke in is uh, he came from Avatar, he did some of the episodes there, and uh, it's in it's in the um, if anyone's interested, the Disney Plus docu- uh, making of uh, Mandalorian season one documentary. They uh, I think his is actually the first segment, and like he they mention George called him in, and he thought it was a joke. Like Dave oh, yeah. really yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't believe any of this, and, uh, and then eventually they met and stuff, and he was like, yeah, no, I'm trying to do a show called a, ki- a kid show called Clone Wars, and love for you to be a part of it. And of course, he ended up being the one who ran the entire thing, really. So um, yeah, like. Uh, it seems like he's inherited the mantle from Lucas, and I think so far he's done an excellent yeah. job. Yeah. We're in good hands if, as long as they keep Dave on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one complaint about Boba Fett, and th- this really taints my um, how I see Boba Fett. So, remember when Boba first showed up, um, he got his armor back, and he mm-hmm. promised Mando, he was like, I will be with you until the kid is rescued. That's my promise. Like, that's the pact. You know, you gave me back the armor, so I'm going to do that. Boba Fett gets 99% of the way there. And then is yeah. And he just hits the hyperspace button. Light speed jumps out of there. He's like, you know what? Close enough. <laughs> Not knowing what happens on that spaceship. Didn't follow through on that promise, but everybody seems fine with it. I am not. And he gets his own spinoff. What a what a greasy well, greasy mofo. Well, obviously, you know they um they meet again, or at least uh, Ming Na Wen's character meets up with mm-hmm. him again, right? As we learn. But like I I say, the only reason why I saw that happening and going down that way is because there is a giant plot hole which there was zero chance of addressing, which is when Luke shows up to see the gang. Oh, him yeah. and Boba would just be like, "Hey, okay. wait a second! You're the asshole who killed who me." You? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that would have went down and so like there was no way to really go around that or their history together without them kind of just saying we'll just have them never meet 
And there you go. <laughs> Could you? Oh, man. That would have been funny. That would have been really funny, but it would also been really awkward because it's literally Luke is the whole reason he fell in the Sarlacc pit. So it's like, uh... <laughs> True. <laughs> okay, True. Dave Filoni had a miss. The miss, what should have happened was Boba stayed out around on the outside, took care of those TIE fighters while everything's happening on inside the ship. He sees the X-Wing come, he sees, he, he looks in and he's like, you know what, peace out, my promise is done. He just, <laughs> then he hits the button. He's like, I don't want any part of this. And it just kind of builds up a bit more of like, what, who did he see? And then it clicks when we see it's Luke. Dude, that would have been brilliant. <laughs> I like. I, in fact, I, if anyone's listening from uh, Star Wars, please incorporate that as your first scene in the Boba Fett TV show, <laughs> where we see the behind-the-scenes scene where all of a sudden it's just like, Boba? Luke? Is that you? It's like, bye! And then he just, gone. I see, bye. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so I, I, I think we touched upon a good part of this episode, haven't we? We've done... Boa and Boba and beginning getting the team together. The doctor was a bit a weird. Um, not they kind of just needed a ship and they found a doctor who mm-hmm. was studying Grogu. Um, so that worked, I guess. Uh, you know that's something I just, I just hand wave across. I'm like, okay, plot <laughs> convenience. Let's do it. Um, what else? There's a raid of the ship. Yeah. The, uh, did we talk about the dark trooper? We did. We did. Sorry. Yeah. I guess the only thing left is the after credit sequence. Yeah. Oh my god, I loved Fat Bib Fortuna. I loved it. <laughs> I was like, damn, sun got thick. <laughs> I was like, I guess he's trying to, you know, emulate Java, so he's like, gotta get fat, gotta get fat. <laughs> so is he is he the same species as Jabba or No, is he different? no. Okay. Different. No. Um, yeah, Bib is a is it pronounced Twi'lek or Twi'lek? I always thought it was Twi'lek, but I'm... Wait, he's a Twi'lek? Yeah. That's really embarrassing, then, because the Twi'leks are really skinny. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that blew my mind. Okay, yeah, you're right. He really let himself go, if that's the case. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> like, all the all the dancers and people mm-hmm. and the yeah. hot bikini women in chains are Twi'leks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, it was just like, oh, okay. He's, you know, eating his sorrows away because he misses Jabba so much, I suppose. <laughs> uh, he seems like he became the new Jabba. Yeah. And so I was also surprised of that, that he had way less guards. But probably he, you know, we're, maybe it's like, can we correctly assume that he's not doing as well as Jabba, hence the little guards, like that it was so easy for them to dispatch whatever protection he had at the time. I'm just more shocked he was able. He was the one that stepped into the position of power over everyone else. It it, it was a very funny moment though. Yeah, yeah, like even with uh, even with Jabba, like what power does Jabba hold over people? Like, As a hut, he's a, he's a slow moving hut. Like he's got no blaster. Like like when Luke killed him, I was like anybody could have just shot this fool from across the room. Easily. Well, no, no, Luke didn't kill him. Leia killed him. Le- Leia oh, yeah, Leia, Leia killed him. Yeah, my bad. Leia yeah. killed him. That but was like, her redemption arc. It's yes, like, ah, yes. this is what my mistake. for making for me dance re- in a golden bikini. For some reason, I keep imagining him getting sliced open, but that wasn't the case. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, anybody could have shot Jabba. Like, <laughs> even with a sniper from across town, like, big target. Small, uh, uh. Maybe he deals more in, like, information, right? Uh, yeah, maybe he has power and money. Yeah. Buys influence. Probably that's the case. I remember but. it's a it's a crime family, too, the mm-hmm. huts. So, yeah. like, there there were many, many huts over the years. 
It's a, a bunch of slugs that do crime. That it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, sadly, <laughs> only Pizza the Hut remains. <laughs> no, uh, didn't you hear? Uh, pizza ate himself to death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so what's cool is the way that after credit sequence it shot, like when Boba comes down, matches how Luke came down. Yeah. In, yep. uh, uh Return. Yeah, and it's like, why are you guys still standing over the Rancor pit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. Do, um, you, do you guys think that Boba is kind of like... Uh, like, is he going to be as ruthless as, like, the Huts were? Or is he, you know... I mean, because it does... I mean, he does have some morals um, in how he almost stayed with the Mandalorian the entire time until the very end, of course. Well, so th- this is my complaint about Boba. You know, like, when people raved about Boba Fett before Mandalorian, um, I just didn't get it. Like, the dude was in a movie... Well, technically two movies, but come on, he was in, like, ten minutes of Return uh, before <laughs> biting the dust. Like, in my eyes... Boba really didn't do much of shit in the movies. Uh, and, like, he kind of, in my eyes, earns his respect through Mandalorian. Um, I know I'm, this is very controversial, and some people are probably screaming at me right now. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know his motivation for wanting to rule on Tatooine. The dude can, he's a bound, like, he ha- like Nicole, you said, he has morals. He can go anywhere he wants. wants. Mm-hmm. So why would he want to rule, rule on a hot desert planet um, where he just killed everybody? Like, maybe, maybe what's so special about knows, Tatooine? <laughs> he, he knows the connections there. That's really the only logic I can kind of see. He, he knows I, how the crime family there works because of Jabba. Yeah, like, I would love for Star Wars to just ditch Tatooine and just, like, Star Wars thirteen thirteen, the game that was cancelled, had this, like, bustling pit of you know, like, you played, like, I think a rogue in that, or were supposed to play a rogue in that. Um, you know, just give me a big city. Give me, like, crime within, like, a populated place. Uh, show me the politics of that stuff. Like, Are they doing a show called The Core Worlds, or did I just dream this? I think you dreamed it, because, okay. you know, at, at the end I of want, the... Because I want that show to happen, because that yes. would exactly perfect uh, fill that void that you're talking about. Because, like, at the end of this, like, post credit sequence, we get, you know, Boba Fett will return in the book of Boba Fett, December 2021, Mm -hmm. announcing another spinoff. And so, here, I'm going to read off all the shows that are coming. And these are shows. We literally, I literally just did this last week, but go for it. (laughs) Star Wars The Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, which we're currently watching. We well, well, well we're not actually sure, though, from what I hear. It's, we're not sure if there's going to be another one or if it's just going to be the uh, the whatever uh, sequel, the Boba sequel. I, I feel like Book of Boba Fett's its own thing. I, yeah. I, I don't think they would stop the Mandalorian as there is a story to still be told. Yeah, we literally just set up a whole Mandalore story, yeah. so that's pretty cool. So there's that. There's Rangers of the New Republic, which I'm not oh. sure if this is Cara Dune uh, yeah. or if this is... Um, the dad from Kim's Convenience. Uh, Kim's convenience. <laughs> uh, but, like, cool. You know, going around, ending Empire, making sure the new Republic is established before uh, it gets blown up by Death Star 2 and Force Awakens. Um, <laughs> or Star Killer Base, that's what's name. We have Star Wars Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Worth um, Which was great. Yeah. F- fantastic. I think we have set up there with Thrawn, with Ezra mm-hmm. from Rebels. Uh, maybe they'll pick up 
we'll see where that goes. Um, Star Wars Andor, which I'm curious about. Um, um, you know, some, I'm curious about, but like a lot of people aren't fans of uh, of the se- of the prequel to Rogue One. So yeah, it, it's like we kind of know what happens to the character, so I'm kind of curious at what's at stake here. If it's you know if it's exploration of the criminal underworlds of like and if I remember what's Rogue One like those were kind of populated towns and whatnot so maybe that's exactly what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Diego Luna. Diego. Yes, yeah, you're Diego right. Diego Luna. Luna. Yeah, like he had a very interesting character, uh, which I really liked from Rogue One. Uh, still, I think the best post um, prequel trilogy movie uh, in the Star Wars universe. Agreed. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm really excited to see that Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi. I even if this is just 10 episodes of, like, following Obi-Wan over the years, I'll take it. I'm so excited to see Ewan McGregor back. I, I love Ewan McGregor. He's one of my favorite actors, and I, I'm excited for that show. I'm just confused as to how they're going to fit Anakin and Hayden Christensen back in and have them interact together. That kind of ruins the magic of everything that happened between the two of them for me, personally. Yeah, I think they have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the animated series Bad Batch starting soon next year early next year i believe that looks amazing i really want to watch that the trailer for that looks fantastic yeah it looks just funny that's why star wars visions star wars anime come on guys yes (laughs) everything we wanted get let the japanese get their hands on star wars and do what they do best i want a jedi screaming so loud that his midichlorian count rises uh, over 9,000, and he just, like, force pulls a planet and kills somebody. Like, just give me that. Uh, it doesn't need to make sense. It doesn't need to be canon. Just give it to me. I mean, when Palpatine did it, we didn't think so. We didn't second question, so, I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> so, we also have Lando. Um, that looks series. dope. That I really hope... Be, is that going to be... What's his face? Glover? Yeah. I don't know. I saw a tweet about it, but I, there was no source attached to it. It's still kind of unknown. Uh... So I, I'm, I'm a bit confused on that one. Hmm. Um, Acolyte, I think this is. Oh, that should be fun. I think this is the one I'm the most excited for. What's uh, Acolyte? It's, it's like a mystery thriller about the... It's close to the end of the uh, High Republic era of oh. Star Wars. And it follows, uh, I believe, it's somebody coming into like Dark Force powers. Ooh, uh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. We have a droid story with R2-D2 and C-3PO. <laughs> That's cute. Um, this is not a Star Wars show, but it is from Lucasfilm, Willow. <laughs> hey, yeah. I really <laughs> love the original Willow movie, so I'm excited. I, I've never seen it. Me, so me I too, no idea. actually. Yeah. I, grew, I grew up on Willow. It was one of my favorites. <laughs> so I have no idea what to expect from there. Is, are uh, they going to cast Peter Dinklage? <laughs> are they? That I I no, no are they doing um, Warwick Davis? Was it? Could the, how old is Warwick now though? I don't know, but he potentially could still reprise his role. And Warwick then... Davis is fifty mm-hmm. years old. Yeah, oh, he oh he's a lot it. younger yeah, than yeah. I thought. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was born in nineteen seventy. Wow, so he was young when he did those movies. Yeah, he was still a kid. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then we also got announcement of Rogue Squadron, the movie by oh Ryan Jenkins. Which, I'm so excited for that. That one's their uh, biggest uh, just, project. All I ever wanted is airplanes and uh, yeah, X-Wings and stuff. So, yeah, this is perfect. I want it. Did it's you a guys movie. I would love it as, as a series, but I get it. Budgets. Did you um, guys see how Michael A. Stackpole actually tweeted at Patty Jenkins for that? I was going to cry. It was so beautiful. Who? 
Michael A. Sapple. He wrote the Rogue Squadron series of books. Ooh, that's oh awesome. I never read those. Oh my god, are they good? They were good. They so were so good. Nicole, give me, give, give me a rundown. Like, what was the Rogue Squadron story? Of, like, it was following. Um, it was Wedge and Tila's mm-hmm. leading Rogue Squadron, and I forget where in the EU timeline they were, but it was definitely after Return of the Jedi. And um, it focused on a whole new group of young rebel pilots. So I don't, they're probably not going to take any, necessarily any inspiration from like that series, but it was so well done. And like, it was, yeah, it was a great book series. I actually didn't read everything because he did a sequel called The Wraith Squadron. Um, but, and then, and then eventually, um, I think, oh, was it, if you read any of the EU books, like, I forget if it was Jaina Solo who was, um, one of the twins who ended up going to Rogue Squadron as well later on, but that's cool. Yeah. But it, I can't it was wait such for Ray to do that. Yeah. No. <sighs> I can't. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Patty Jenkins, I think will do a good job. I'm excited for uh, Wonder Woman, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then week. who's, who has a trilogy? Right now, for because uh, Taika Waititi has a movie, yes, on uh, yes. this movie, somebody has a trilogy. Um, uh, not the Game of Thrones guys, right? No. Not the Game of Thrones guys anymore. Oh, Rian Johnson, right? Did they did they give it to him? Oh, this was like a while ago. Yeah, I, I just googled who has a Star Wars trilogy. We'll <laughs> uh, tell you. Uh, yeah, let's see. Oh, that's that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, a surprise treat for this podcast, everyone. Yes. I have a Star Wars trilogy. Uh, <laughs> it's officially this is news. It's confirmed. I am directing the next three Star Wars films, and they're going to be amazing blockbuster <laughs> big hits. Uh, you might only see them in the Philippines, but um. <laughs> 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 a part of me is like, I, I can I can do a movie. I'm just going to use like cutouts and like action figures. Yeah, and it'll be great. It'll be yeah, great. it'll be fantastic, you know? <laughs> and my Star Wars, everyone's a Jedi. <laughs> I have to use the word Jedi. Don't ask why. It's annoying because... Did you find yeah, it? <laughs> it's slightly annoying because uh, there's a lot that hasn't been... Like, all the new news is about the everything that was just recently announced. Dude, when I did this podcast last week, I was freaking out with my guests. It's like, I have so much to do... And like twenty things were more than twenty things were announced from Disney between Star Wars and, and okay. uh, Marvel. Here but. we go. A Rian Johnson trilogy, which you were right about. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see, prior to the release of Johnson's twenty seventeen film, Lucas uh, Film announced that their collaboration with Johnson will continue with the development of an entire trilogy of movies. Which I think everybody liked the idea of having, you know, a new trilogy. Um, as noted above, Disney and Lucasfilm have carved out three release dates for future Star Wars movies between now and end of 2027. And so that's December 22nd, 2023, mm-hmm. December 19, 2025, and December 17, 2027. Well, that is um, cool. Do you know if it takes place in the current timeline or does it take place in the I old Republic? I have, I have a feeling it's going to be everything is shifting to High Republic um, mm. because given, given the uh, January 5th, uh, the first of the High Republic books comes out. Mm. Uh, I like I like how they plan this. Disney is really good at scheduling these things and just dropping everything like. So I, I, I yeah, I, I think to a certain degree they're 
they've gotten their shit together in regards to like how because like Kevin Feige is also doing a produced standalone movie. Oh right, which, yeah, with for which Star Wars, was uh, yeah. announced in like September 2019. Uh, in February this year, and game director Joe Russo said that Star Wars was Kevin Feige's first in true love, adding that Feige's vision for the franchise will be passionate, emotional, and unique. Um, That's a lot of hands in Star Wars at the moment. Mm-hmm. J.D. Dillard standalone movie. What The news was first reported by Hollywood Reporter in February 2020, but few details were available at the time. Project was first announced, and it was enti- wasn't entirely known if the movie would hit theaters or be released at, as a standalone film on Disney+. Plus. Um, that's yeah so that's the other thing i want to ask do you guys think that all of these projects will be big theater releases or do you think that they're going to start phasing into uh disney plus exclusive movies so uh as i've I've been following a lot of the news of what's been happening with hbo max and the Mm -hmm. release of film same day uh it's caused a lot of commotion with uh, a lot of the guilds, screen actors, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Like, how, how does that payout happen? Because I imagine there's a percentage of those contracts from box office releases. And so news was coming out that starting with uh, Black Panther 2, Disney's like starting to renegotiate contracts for, I think, same-day release as Disney+. Plus. So there's a high possibility that we'll be seeing a major shift in how uh, theaters go, uh, you know, theaters and movie releases happen. Uh, like, you know, I was having this conversation with my wife just yesterday about seeing Wonder Woman. Like, we got tickets to see it in theater. We had a good experience with Tenet. It felt safe. You know, we, we felt secure. Theater did a good job with cleaning. Uh, and, you know, but the numbers are so high now mm-hmm. with Corona. I'm just like, you know, I, I will always go, you know, given perfect circumstances, I would always go watch a movie in the theater. Uh, I just love it. But, like, seeing as we're probably living in the Corona world for another year, um, or hopefully eight or nine months, until everybody gets vaccinated, fingers crossed. Um, you know, it, you know, I'm a little bit antsy. Like right now, you know, vaccines have just started rolling out. Not everybody is vaccinated, so you know, we're in this wor- weird world. But it's enough of a disruption to cause, I think, films to start launching day one. I think we've got. Like, cause uh, I think they are anticipating releasing on like in June, right? Like uh, Black Widow and stuff. That's like six months from now. May I think for Black Widow. Um, oh. But I think that they're still keeping that theater only. Like I think all the Marvel stuff next year is still theater only. Yeah. And I'm hoping by May, like, there's at least some sort of return to normalcy. Um, I'm hoping by the, March there's a return to normalcy. But yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, you know, like because. Think about it. The amount of vaxxed... <laughs> into politics talk we go. Wow, this episode of The Mandalorian was <laughs> sure something. Um, if, you tune in, if you're still tuning in from last week, then th- this is a natural progression, trust me. Because <laughs> yeah. last week we also... Half an hour of this, and then like half an hour of why Disney is evil empire. But they're not, because we love them. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if... The U.S. population is 331 million people. If... I don't even know how many COVID vaccines went out. My sister... I think her hospital yesterday had less than 100,000, I think like 79,000 vaccines or something like that. Like, it's going to take a while to get to Mm -hmm. 331 million people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, we're not going to vaccinate everyone. We're just trying to get like a solid 60%, including those who've already caught the disease, I believe. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. But even that is still a considerable amount of time because manufacturing of a vaccine, like I work in the pharmaceutical industry, like the biggest problem I've seen like, 
you know, in town halls is like talking about getting new manufacturing facilities, getting them up and running, storage of, of the vaccine. Like I, a lot of people don't take storage into consideration, but like, oh, this one's a bitch you, to you, store. You, yeah, like I think this ninety degrees, not negative ninety or something. Like that? Yeah, negative ninety. Like you need yeah. cold storage freezers, and those don't come cheap, and they're not. You know, you just can't make them uh, quickly. You know, it's like it's that it's being able to transport that all that like the supply chain and getting this stuff rolled out is kind of insane. Um, even the fact that like I was reading an article on the vaccine, like, you know, I know people are like hesitant on the vaccine, but they're like, the vaccine was actually developed the weekend they got the the genetic code. Like it took them like two, three days to figure out, uh, to have that vaccine ready. And then uh, in January of this year, oh my and, God. <laughs> and they essentially, it's that testing time frame yeah. uh, mm-hmm. of going through it. It's like, I know people are saying like, I don't want to take it. It seems rushed that, no, it, it, the amount of testing that goes in through this, like no pharmaceutical company wants to be responsible um, because like if it's right now, it's what Pfizer, the Pfizer's got their name out there with theirs. And yeah, yeah, but then they just approved the, uh, the Moderna. No, could you imagine if they knew that something was wrong? The company would be ruined. Nobody would trust the products from them ever again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's like, it's it's crazy like the amount of money and time that gets put into creating drugs i could do an entire another podcast on this stuff but um but it's like you still need to get all that done and still i think you're still going to see in 2021 this weird shift of theaters taking hits i'm hoping amc and some of the smaller ones can find a way back because i think a world without movie theaters is a sad sad thing uh, I don't want to be like, I don't want to go back to the ways of old where you have to line up early or fight mm-hmm. to get a movie t- yeah. ticket. Like it becomes like a Broadway show, you know, because there's so little movie theaters. Um, you know, that's I, the last thing I honestly I do think that's the direction we're going to be heading to. Like I they're going to make movies Alamo more of a spectacle. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, honestly, I love the Alamo Draft House. I, I, like yeah. I would honestly no, uh, be, love if yeah. all movie theaters were like the Alamo. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you to a certain degree. Um, it just... I I just think it's a great experience of like I would love to raise my kid in a world where I can bring them to the movies. Maybe not every week, but you know, like a couple of times a year and you know, I want them to have that same experience. Like I my first job was at a movie theater. So I want that Star Wars experience to still continue in theaters. I want that Marvel experience to continue in theaters, you know. Um, 20 years from now, we'll be going back and doing phase one marathons, and our kids are like, these aren't holograms, what are these? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ah, man. But yeah, I think the J.D. Dillard (laughs) Star Wars movie was February of this year, something was announced. I don't even know. They'll make a J.D. Diller and Luke Cage and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. scribe Matt Owens working on something. Hmm. Uh, reportedly, the project will take place on the hidden planet of Exegol. Oh, okay. Shrug. I, you I, sound I, like you know what that is. What is that? Please explain. Ex- oh, Exegol's the, the planet that Palpatine was in at the end yeah. of um, What's-His-Face. Uh, mm, What's-His-Face. I yeah. know him like, just like, Kuchima, what's it? <laughs> At the end of the last movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. Ooh. Are we getting new Star Wars comics as well? So, like, this is what I find interesting. Uh, you know, I know we spent a lot of time talking about what's coming next, and 
I'll take some vaccines. <laughs> and, uh, the future Again, this is just an average episode of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> it's interesting that the TV verse of this is focusing very heavily on uh, post return um or yeah yeah it's this weird spot like you have andor which fits in uh post uh prequel trilogy yeah Mm -hmm. um and and, you know his fate ends right before episode four um obi-wan which fits i I actually don't know where they're gonna i think i read that it's it's in between it has to be between three and four years after um return of the jedi yeah. So Wait, really? Yeah, I think I read that somewhere. Oh, that's gonna be cool. Yeah. So God. Luke will be around ten years old at this time. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Or, I'm sorry, not much. Return of the Jedi. Um, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Wait. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that makes more sense. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know where Bad Batch sits. I think is that. I, I don't even think that matters. It's, Bad Batch just looks funny to me. I, I I always love stories of like the rejects of a group, <laughs> and like that they're the perfect fit. Like yeah, yeah. So like that, like you know that's it's there. But then you have Mando, you have Book of Boba Fett, you have Rangers of the New Republic, which fit in after Return. Um, Are you trying Ahsoka, to make like a timeline uh, of where this is going? Is that what you're? Uh, Ahsoka as well, and they've said that you know Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka, and Mandalorian are all gonna in come the same together time, for. Right? Some like yeah, they're gonna come together for some event. So it's oh, like okay. it's like their Avengers ish thing, right? Yeah, yeah. they're the yeah. defenders. The defenders, much, yeah. hopefully better. <laughs> uh, uh, what do yeah. they call the, the the new Space Force Guardians? The, the Guardians? Yeah. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> <laughs> the guardian, the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> so Christian, you're right though that aliens are super real because this is why we have Space Force now, right? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I, I've been kidding about this for this whole time, but, like, the more that this conspiracy stuff stacks together, the more it just feels like uh, this seems like a great work of fiction, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's freaky. But, yeah, like, we made a space force. There are these monoliths popping up. We Apparently, all of the world in the U.S. was hacked by Russia, and I'm like, what if it's not Russia? What if it's, like, the androids who are trying to take over? What if it's a Galactic Federation? Yeah. yeah that right. one Israeli guy, government guy said, right? Yeah, yeah he like, said that. Well, there's yeah. a, the Intergalactic <laughs> Federation, as you said. Yeah, like, we're in full-blown Star Trek now, and that there's a secret space base on, uh, on Mars. Mars, they're <laughs> on deep underground. Dude, that, that also mad, explains why that, Elon Musk wants to go to Mars so badly. Yeah. He obviously wants to become their supreme overlord so elon uh, elon musk is artemis Fowl. he found that secret about the fairies or whatnot and he's like just trying to get to the center of the earth but instead of the center of the earth it's just mars um and that's just mass effect storyline which makes me even more excited mm. um you know maybe th- that israeli government guy was just trying to you know he has a book coming out maybe he's just trying to sell books i don't know <laughs> but you know <laughs> Drop us some clues, Alien Federation. Um, and throw you know, some, throw, throw a guy some uh, midichlorians in our bloodstream here, Alien no, I, Federation. I would I, love I, to be a Jedi. A I, Jedi. Got, I got some grass right outside my window. Just drop a monolith with some English text on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <sighs> that, that, this, that's what the new. Uh, that's what the new Star Wars trilogy is all about. The High Republic. It's just monoliths popping everywhere. Yeah, honestly, if it's a Disney marketing campaign, props to them because that that makes That'd me be laugh. amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's like it's, we, you know, they're shifting. They're shifting focus to the High Republic, uh, where Yoda is young. Mm. You know, we have a young Yoda. Uh, even the new comics that he is. Uh, I think Polygon just put something up three days ago about the two new. Uh, 
uh, comics and two exclusive pages, and you oh, see, cool. yeah, it, it it looks pretty interesting. Like, it's very futuristic um, compared to what, and this is what always drives me nuts about Star Wars. It's kind of just want the technology to actually look like it's futuristic and not just red. Like, nothing, no. none of the computer stuff makes sense to me. I'm like, how does how is anything flying if this is your computer system? <laughs> Hey man, like this, it was state of the art for the seventies. Yeah, and it like you know we're in the uh, we're in the midst of like uh, the old dirty post empire world, so the technology's not there. I'm ho- I'm hoping like there's one planet which is just like Silicon Valley, and everybody's just, like looking at like the X wing, going like, "What the hell is this thing?" <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> like these aren't even words; they're shapes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if you find out all of this takes place in Star Trek and that they're like the core worlds and outside and the outer rims is what Star Wars was? Oh my god. That's what what will happen when Disney buys CBS and then... And they merge. And they merge. Honestly, like that would not surprise me at this point. Uh, Yeah, no, but I think High Republic, I'm excited to read the books, check out the comics, see what they're doing. It's all part of Project Luminous. Um, You know, it's all... The, so what they're saying is the High Republic sub-era of the Age of Republic uh, is set 200 years before the Skywalker saga and 800 years after the Old Republic. Um, yeah, that should be so, That should so be I a think fun it, thing to explore. Yeah, because it's, it's a new era uh, of... I, I think it's an era of Star Wars that nobody's really touched. Um, I'm not sure about the expanded universe, but like I don't really hear anything about the High Republic ever. So... It'd be really cool to see what they can do with the Force, Jedi, Sith, and, you know, different type of politics. I really want to see more politics in Star Wars. Like, as lame as it sounds, I would love to see a, a new Republic series, you know, that's taking part along part alongside um, Mando and, um, you know, Rangers of the New Republic. Where it's just some lawyer guy trying to uh, help, you know, you know, just try to, like... Lead, you know, with, uh, you know, like representatives and Senate leaders or whatnot, and just be like, well, you know, it's it's a political game, you know, just like the back and forth. Um, It'll be like House of Cards, yeah. but uh, like, the uh, public. How, how do how do you enforce law across a planetary range? You know, it's just like the Empire had force, you know, uh, but like, you, you know, and we see we see like governors of like cities and towns and different planets like abuse their power and nobody keeps them in check so i'm like i'm really interested to see the politics the you know what star wars has to say about a lot of that because mm-hmm. um, say what you will like lightsabers blasters are cool but there's a lot of things on uh, underlying it all mm-hmm. that they could explore uh, i, I agree i actually budget. like the uh, <laughs> ge- geopolitical topics of the the george lucas prequel trilogies that they tried to you know <clears throat> address outside of the um i love you annie type dialogue um but like yeah like it, it's it's interesting to me because it's like how do how do empires begin and it's very much like instability and and okay. the 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 failings of the political system and, and bureaucracy which i always thought was a really fascinating thing about star wars but they never really delved into you know and it was always like, well, this is too difficult. Let's just get another emperor. And it always was Palpatine's like, I'll yeah. take the job. <laughs> you can't ever get rid of me. <laughs> yeah, I know. N- next Wait. time you're going to see like this old guy with like a hat who's just Palpatine. He's got the cowboy hat. <laughs> He's just like, hey, I'll take the job as the new president of these United 
Star Wars <laughs> Federation, Federation, whatever. Yeah. Wait, why is there a China exclusive Star Wars novel? What? That's canon. Really? Yeah. Star Wars The Vow of, of Silver Dawn, a new China exclusive novel, explores a unique sector of the galaxy which fits into the overall canonicity of the franchise. This is an IGN article. Um, Matt Martin of Lucasfilm Story Group recently confirmed that The Vow of Silver Dawn is the English title of the Chinese Star Wars novel, which is set towards the end of the High Republic era and is said to focus on the Jedi and the strange relationships with sectors in the Outer Rim. Uh, this is all according to a video post on Weibo, the social network hmm. out there. Interesting. Hopefully uh, they the do vice a president of sometime. Yeah. James Vaughn, the vice president of the franchise content and strategy at Lucasfilm, said this is a story that needs to fit within our overall canonicity. These characters are thriving Star Wars characters that should show up again and populate other media. So then why is it, can- why is it exclusive to China? That's what I don't understand. China paid him a lot of money for it, probably. <laughs> They're just Chinese propaganda in there? I don't, I don't understand. Wait, you know, you brought up a good point. Is Disney Plus available in China and all these things? Uh, that's that's no a idea. huge issue because like the they had a lot of influence on the uh, the new trilogy. Uh, as of last November, when it released, it said Disney Plus won't be streaming in China anytime soon. China is crazy about Marvel movies, but fans have to settle for streaming on platforms from local companies like Beidou and Alibaba. So they're not streaming on China. Yeah. Interesting. There's, they announced stars. Or something uh, during that investors uh, conference. Hmm. Okay. Don't remember what that was. Interesting. All right. I think we have gone down a massive rabbit hole of <laughs> topics. Uh, thanks to me. So you're all welcome. <laughs> That's our editor in chief, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you came for Luke Skywalker. Walker. You stayed for the Chinese exclusive novel of Star Wars. <laughs> And with that... <laughs> uh, okay, so Bilal, Nicole, final thoughts on um, The Mandalorian Season 2, and I guess this episode, but we kind of touched on that a long time ago now. Um, I think that this season particularly was really... It was very much fan service, but I was all there for it. And like, I think there was so much setup for you know all of the um, spin-off shows, but... Um, I really loved it, especially with uh, Mando taking off his helmet at the end. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry. Oh, that's so good. It was so touching. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I am really excited to see where they go and where, you know, they can potentially explore Mandalore and like more of what it means to be a Mandalorian. Um, and agreed with everyone that this was really sort of the best representation of what Star Wars can be and not just as kind of like a linchpin connecting um the films to like other media like comic book books video games um it it was able to achieve a lot and it was not uh, and we didn't really have i think we i think at least for me like at the beginning um i didn't really know what to expect from season one but this was something that's just exceeded my expectations so much so i'm really happy with the product at the end of it and i cannot wait for more Bilal? yeah i i'm just shocked that star wars could make me 
care about Bill Burr's character again. <laughs> <laughs> Mayfeld. Yeah. Um, like, well, first off, Bill Burr on Star Wars is just like, it's just one of those things like, what? And then... Yeah, because he was like hating on Star Wars for so long. And he and he does such a good job, especially this season with this character. It Like, they explore great, you know, great opportunities. I, I thought, you know, with that Bill Burr episode, they... It, it's strange because, like, when they pull in with that uh, convoy with the materials, okay. you know, you see the Empire cheering, like, you kind of see a different side mm-hmm. yeah. to it all. You always see from the rebel side. Uh, and so it's just, you know, how do things work like that? You know, the people behind the Empire, um, and even Bill Burr questions, you know, or Mayfeld questions a lot of things about, like, you know, some people are completely fine. It doesn't matter who's the ruling because at the end of the day, nobody seems to care about some of these planets or the people there. You know, it's just about being in control for, you know, old Republic, Empire, whatever. Um, you know, people just want stability and, you know, to live a fair life. You know, it, it's that type of stuff I love. Um, I, I like how the show came into its own. It found its footing in season two a lot better uh, out the gate. Um, I, I like how it balances comedy and stuff, and it didn't become the Grogu show, which yeah. I think I think any network television show would have just like fell down that hall and just totally abused. Um, I think they did a good job balancing that, and you know, letting um, the characters grow, uh, uh, you know, as they should. Uh, I, I think I'm hoping for a bit more character development in season three. Uh, I I am uh, continue to be amazed that Disney gives the shows the budgets they deserve mm-hmm. and I think it makes me happy for what we'll see from the Marvel side next month with WandaVision. Um, you know. Oh my god, that I'm going to have a lot of fun covering. Uh, also, yeah, we'll do like, podcasts for those too. Um, yeah. So, be ready for those. <laughs> like, c- could you imagine because there's always rumors that like CW or WB back in the day was going to do a Star Wars show. Like, Could you imagine like the budget that would have gotten compared <laughs> to you, uh, or the love triangle like we would have seen in that compared to like what we got with the Mandalorian. Uh, I'm just... I'm happy with what we got. I, I do hope... It, it, it's... The show's not perfect. I think there's room for it to grow in certain ways. I think as a, a Star Wars fan, it definitely checks off all those boxes. I'm hoping it can just give me a bit more. I don't know what that more is, but... I, wa- I want the show to make me think a bit more. <laughs> I, I think that's what I want from Star Wars now. Make that's called think. Star Trek, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I missed that Star Trek wagon many, many years ago. I just never got on that train. Or um, did, did anyone see ships. the uh, Uber Eats commercial with uh, Luke Skywalker yes. versus uh, uh, Catherine Picard? Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, um, it's, it's great. I'm excited to see what Disney uh, <laughs> has to offer in the future. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, so this has been eight episodes in the making. Uh, th- yeah, this this season was nothing but fantastic. Uh, any sort of skepticism I had um, going into the ends here was kind of thrown out once. Really, re- they established that this entire thing was about the Mandalorians, which is befitting for the title. Um, more than anything, though, uh, I was super ecstatic, as I'm sure many of you were, about the Luke appearance and bringing it full circle and kind of tying it in together with the original trilogies okay. and it, it's something that we've been waiting for for a long time and i think it, this was nothing shy of like beautiful like I, there were so many responses about like people literally like crying and like finding this to be like a touching moment this might be like one of the happiest moments i've seen in entertainment which is poetic because it's happening towards like the end of of 2020 this is like 
a Christmas present to From every Disney. fan <laughs> and nerd out there. Um, so yeah, like uh, love the Mandalorian, loved everything about it. Uh, major props to Pedro Pascal. Uh, one thing I, I'm gonna say, uh, shout out to his spear, his spear usage in this one because it's a homage to uh, Oberyn Martell, his oh character my God, that, yes. that uh, he did really yes. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like wh- when I saw the spear, I was like, all right, they're gonna do an Oberyn moment, and I'm like, oh shit, that's yeah. Because like we all forget that he he trained extensively with that spear back in the day. Uh, so yeah, like it was very cool. Uh, everything was built up. Everything felt like Star Wars, and I'm honestly super excited about the future of Star Wars and Disney. And to be honest, so are shareholders too, because Disney is now an, an all-time high in terms of its stock price. So there you go. Um, and that's it. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in for the Mandalorian uh, season season two. Uh, <laughs> I'm Christian. You can follow me on uh, X and underscore Angelus on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Christian Angelus Writer on Facebook, and of course, all the articles and podcasts at the WordPrint. So uh, guys, plug-ins, plug, whatever, plugs. <laughs> I'm... Uh, did you just call Disney the new Bitcoin? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, you know, I never actually made that association till now, but yeah, maybe, I guess they are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, you can follow me on Twitter at N-I-I-X-E and follow us everywhere on the WordPrint. You can follow me at Twitter at blah underscore Mia, where I'm be spending the next two weeks playing many video games and complaining about cyberpunk <laughs> <laughs> oh god that one um yeah and uh, and that's it everyone thank you for tuning in and for listening uh there we'll be doing this again well not this particularly about star wars but we'll be doing this for the marvel universe upcoming uh next month for um wandavision and i'm gonna probably do a similar format i already have my first guest booked and scheduled which is dope um, and yeah, uh, we'll hopefully hear from you then if there's another podcast that happens in between. Oh, there will be. I forgot the most important thing. Um, before we start the, uh, that podcast, the, um, the WandaVision one, we're going to have a special 100th episode, uh, somewhere in between. So please tune in for that one. And, uh, I don't know. We'll come up with something shortly. All right. <laughs> uh, thanks everyone for tuning in and, uh, hope you have a wonderful holiday. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>